the Toffee Blues, your source for all things Everton. And welcome to another podcast where we are going to be going through the motions just as the Everton players did in that game against Newcastle. We'll be looking back on that game, albeit pretty much reluctantly. Uh, we're going to be reliving the nightmare that was that game. And then after that, we'll be looking ahead to our next game against Leeds United, which is coming very soon, actually. So we're going to be looking into that as well in the match preview segments after that as well. And yeah, without further ado, we'll get straight into it. We'll uh, try and make it as painless as possible. And we'll get straight into the extra time segment for the Newcastle game. Welcome to the extra time segment for Everton nil Newcastle 2. Mike Budden didn't think I'd be saying that. Uh, this time yesterday, but here we are. I'm joined by Ian Mills from the Across the Park podcast. A warm welcome, Ian. Good to have you on. Yeah, hi, James. I wish I was on in better circumstances, but I've drew the short straw this one, haven't I? Yeah, I think we were all drawn the short straw after um, anyone who's decided to do a podcast about this is <laughs> going to have certainly drawn the short straw. My goodness, what was all that about? It was just... Absolutely horrific performance. One of the most embarrassing displays I've seen from Everton, and that's saying something. Uh, what went wrong in? Got a bit of insight. What do you think went wrong there? Well, first, James, I think to start with the positive, I'm shocked that I'm shocked, and that's how far this team have have come. That I'm shocked that I'm shocked because that performance was Everton Football Club for, for the past number of years. You could go that's back, decade, probably. You, you could put a two in front of that and go decades. That that's a, a proper Everton performance where they've let us down a number of times, and I, I wasn't expecting it. Um, Newcastle, to, to their credit, that was a different Newcastle United. I think the manager realised that he had to change things from their point of view and 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 go at us. They they, they worked very well on the set pieces. They caused us problems a lot of times on set pieces, and even their first goal, you could see their number sixteen. I forget who that was. He sort of bullied Pickford. Now, maybe, maybe one of our outfield players should have came on and helped Pickford there because it left Pickford so far over you know, to one side of the goal. I think Newcastle deserve lots of credit. They, they've done really well. From our point of view, James, we've been here before this season. I'm talking Leeds, I'm talking West Ham, I'm talking Burnley. We've always oh, managed was, to come back. That, they were bad games. They were bad games. Yeah. Not as embarrassing as this. These have lost like seven games on the spin. Yeah. We've got no. to let them win. no. I, I agree, and th- there's not many positives to take from yesterday. Um, I, I think going forward, we'll talk about Leeds in a minute. I, th- I think there has to be changes, and I-, I might shock you by some of the names that I say need to come out, but there's a number of players there who just didn't do enough. Um, there's there's a man in the middle of the park who, who may as well be wearing a John Cena T-shirt who's been there for four or five years now, and he's he's got the Morgan Schneiderlands about him for me, and that's Gilfie Sigurdsson. We're having to rely on Gilfie Sigurdsson, similarly to how we had to rely on Morgan Schneiderland because there's nobody else. Him and Andre Gomez have played a game this season. You top who can be worse and get dropped for the next game. They've just rotated in and out, them two. And until we address that, we're always going to come up short against teams 
captains who've got more fight than us. Leeds done it this season at Goodison Park. Burnley, at large parts of the game at Turf Moor, done it to us. And Newcastle's done it yesterday. The big thing for me is the fight. At the end of the day, though, this is Everton Football Club. We've been built on a tradition of fighting spirits. Where's that? It, it, it hasn't been there for a while. I think if you take um, a number of players from our eleven, and I'm talking Alan, uh, I'm talking Decore, I think they've got fight. I think two players who've got more fight than he was on the pitch yesterday, Ben Godfrey and Mason Holgate, they always look up for a battle. Definitely, yeah. Uh... I think it was a mistake not playing them too. But then again, when the team came out yesterday, I wasn't on social media ranting and raving. I wasn't upset with the team. I, I thought it looked quite quite good on paper, at least enough to beat Newcastle. But we've been let down a number of times by, by some of these players. And when you strip those first 11 players out, um, and now we've got a conundrum on top of that, as do we play a flat back four or do we play wing backs? We, the manager now doesn't know what to play. That's evidence because he's, he's changing it all the time. I think going forward, we might now just see that flat back four with the, with the low block and Luca Dean maybe more of a license to get forwards. And in hindsight, which is a wonderful thing, James, we should have done that yesterday. But you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's Everton Football Club and we, we we can't expect to watch a game against Newcastle United where we're getting beat. Not only beat, but we're getting out fought. If Newcastle was the one on a lucky set piece and their goalkeeper was man of the match, we'd be sitting here saying it's one of those things. But for Newcastle United to be such a terrible team, to come to Goodison Park and outfight Everton, it's really, really embarrassing. It's an embarrassment. And I'll be honest, there's a number of um, people I'd like to point fingers at. And I mean, I've, I've been outspoken on the show as a bit of a detractor of this player, but Seamus Coleman is absolutely washed up at Everton, in my opinion. I think he's should shouldn't be captain in the club either. I don't think he's got the leadership qualities needed for that. No, every he's, he's, just... he's very marmite, isn't he? Seamus Coleman now he's, he's very marmite because you've got some fans who who are saying what you say, and you've got some fans who are you know retweeting his text messages to Yannick Blassi this week and saying what a, what a captain, what a character, and he epitomises Everton Football Club. He is becoming as he's getting older, very much marmite. Um, and like marmite, it moves very slowly. Uh, <laughs> That's kind of the issue for me is that he's not got the pace or anything to offer what he used to offer going forwards mm. or tracking back. For me, he's just a very, very mediocre player who's not fit to play at this level anymore. It's a shame because he he, he was been such a great servant for Everton Football Club. He, he was one way with um, him and Baines on either side. I think he could arguably say they were the best two fullbacks in the league for around eighteen to twenty four yeah. months. They were absolutely brilliant. But I think it needs addressing. You're absolutely right, and I think managers have tried to do that. <clears throat> you look at Jibril Sidibe coming in last year. The idea was that he would replace Seamus Coleman. That didn't work out. We were linked with right backs again in the summer. Not so much this window. I think Seamus Coleman. We'll probably rotate with Mason Holgate up until May. But I think a, a, an attacking fullback on the right-hand side so you can get up and down with energy and aggression is going to cost a lot of money, so but it's got, it's, got to be some, it's got to be something we address in the summer. We're missing that so badly. But on top of it, the fact that he's not doing very well as a right-back, I also don't think he's doing well as a leader either. Like, where's the leadership to, in that game yesterday? I mean, hmm. is he happy to accept that? I, don't, I remember he come out with a very big, Sort of rant, didn't he, after the Wolves game last season? And we got Wolves, yeah. hammered in that game and out for. But if he's serious about what he said after that Wolves game, then he needs to come out and say something like that again. Because on what planet is that acceptable? I mean, you know, this is team supposedly turning a corner and gone and done that. And mm. he stood by for 90 minutes and let that happen as captain. 
Yeah, but I mean, he's so Seamus Coleman for me. He saw glimpses of being a better captain when he didn't have the armbands. I'm going back to a game against Chelsea where yeah. I think Diego Costa scored Tim and Tim he, he rubbed it in Seamus Coleman's face. And and Tim Howard had to run over because Phil Jagielka wouldn't, and Seamus Coleman had to stick up for himself. There's been times where he's let us down as a captain. I don't think he was very good. And the, the Andre Gomez son instant where he put his arm around Son, opposed to putting his arm around Andre Gomez. He let us down there for, for me. I'll be honest, I don't think the he's the best captain. That was the turning point for me mm. for when there's the son instant when I sort of turned on him like that. But mm. I'll be honest, I just don't think he's got the qualities needed to lead. He, he's the best of the bunch that we've got. There's, there's no one else in that team who can captain Everton Football Club. Luca Dean is a magnificent player, but he's not a captain. Gilfie Sigurdsson certainly isn't a captain. Oh, I don't think chance. Michael. I don't think Michael Keane is a captain. I don't think he's angry enough. And this might this might get comments and this might get laughs. I think the best captain we've had in recent years is Phil Neville. For such a poor yeah. player he was, he was a really good captain. No, he was. He he could scream at people. Yeah. And I think for me, what what upsets me though is that like. You know, you're captain in Everton Football Club. What an honour that is. You've got to, like, uphold the standards of this club. You know, if someone's not working hard enough, if someone's not, you know, fighting back, you mm. lead by example, you fight back. When have you ever seen James Coleman throw a tackle in? I mean, it, it's something that I've been saying on, on my own podcast and probably to, to people on Twitter as well. It, it's We don't just need one captain. We need a number of them because there's no point bringing one captain in in the summer. And then he's injured or he's suspended or, you know, he goes to the African Nations or whatever. And then you're stuck with what we've got. The, the leadership at that club hasn't been there for, for a number of years. You look back to the David Moyes team, there were a number of captains in that team. The Roberto Martinez team sort of changed that dynamic. We've never recovered from that. We brought characters in who aren't big enough characters to carry the weight of expectation that we as fans want Everton Football Club to be. Um just old enough to, to remember some of the good times, just so you've got that level of, level of expectancy from people my generation, people older, older than me what want it all again, and are the characters big enough to, to accept that? I think some of the new characters maybe are, the South Americans, I think the likes of Yerry Mina and Hamas Rodriguez are really big characters, but we shouldn't be looking at South Americans to come into Everton Football Club and lead the football club. They should just be coming into an environment where it's already being led from within, and there's a number of number of problems men- mentally at the club that need addressing. It's not just one captain. I think we need two or three big characters in that dressing room. Yeah, there's a real lack of character. I think for me, the issue was, of course, and this isn't like, I'm not defending the referee, because the referee was poor, very, very poor. <clears throat> but no one was ever getting in the referee's face. No one was, no one, when they put a hard tackle in and the referee allowed them to get away with that, why didn't we do the same to them? Mm. There, there was a moment where they got Richarlison, wasn't there? Um, someone got Richarlison, and, and Yerry Mina went straight over to the player who'd done him. I think it was Jeff Hendrick, and, and then it, then he went over to to the official. But again, it goes back to my earlier point: Why is a South American who's been at the club three years the only person on that pitch who's looking after his teammates and trying to get Everton Football Club and a decision? Because that's what it's all about on the field. You look at. I hate mentioning that lot, but you, you look at some of their players of, of the past and currently, they're always doing it. They're always Speed trying the to opposition get the as well. Where yeah. was our players getting in the face of the Newcastle players when we put our tackling on Hammers? Mm. You know, well, everyone the, should have been riding John Joe Shelby's face as soon as he put that tackling. Yeah, I think Newcastle looked at that team yesterday and, and, and thought we can win the battle here. Yeah. And that's, we, that's, we, they that's saw the most because thing. these players are not interested, and that's it. You know, 
Carlo said, didn't he? I think that he figured out like where this team's going to finish. And I'm going to say we're going to finish in the bottom half at this rate because, you know, there's teams, the, the, the league's very tight. And I mean, bottom half might be harsh on us. But if you don't fight, that's where we're going to end up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, going back to what I said at the start, I think we have bounced back. I mean, this is the worst defeat um, performance-wise of the season. But there's, I think I, I felt just as bad, really, after the Leeds game. I felt just as bad after the West Ham game because the big thing for me is now, for the first time since September when the season started, the teams are now starting to break away at the top. It's always been congested until now. And if we don't, if we don't put points on board on Wednesday, and I'm talking three points then I may agree with you that this European dream is over. But what I'm clinging on to is that we have recovered from these defeats in the, in the past this season. And I, I hate saying this, I hate putting at other clubs because I don't care about other clubs, but it's happening across across the league. Now, look at Liverpool getting done by Burnley. Liverpool drawing good with West Brom. Sheffield United going to Old Trafford. You know, you're telling me them supporters didn't feel like we feel. This season is, is a little bit crazy. I'm, I'm clinging on to the fact that it's happened to us already and we have bounced back. Yeah, of course, yeah. I think what upsets me, though, there's more power to recovery in teams that have more characters, and I'm just upset that, you know, Hannes was targeted yesterday by their players, and not one of our other players decides to stick up for him, except for Yeni Mina, maybe, but, like, not no one else decided that they'd scream at the player who nailed mm. one of ours, and... You know, you need that. You need that in your team. And I think what really hurts is, I think it's the, the absence, of, the real problem for us at the moment is the absence of supporters at Goodison Park because yeah. there's no way a uh, 40,000 seat full Goodison Park allows that performance to happen. Mm. Fans would be infuriated. It wouldn't have allowed the referees' performance to happen. No, because as soon as Hamas Rodriguez as well. was, was 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 targeted once, twice, three times, the crowd would have been up and on it. And every time that player touched the ball, he would have been booed. The referee would have felt the pressure. So I think it's a good shout, Jay, with the armies and the crowds, especially in games like yesterday. What also hurts, obviously, if it wouldn't allow um, the referee to, you know, make some of the decisions he made. But mm. I feel like some of these players, and it's. Horrible to say, but these players are so weak-willed. It's these players think that because there aren't any supporters in the stadium that they can put in in fifty percent. You're looking if it's like thirty percent what you saw there yesterday. These players think they can just knock the ball around the back, mess around, treat it like a training session just because there's no fans there to like. You no, know, these games always show me the importance of. Everton fans to the club. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, I remember like obviously there was the the derby last season when we lost to the kids and you know, a few fans went and pulled up outside uh, Finch Farm and I'll be <laughs> honest, yeah. Were it not for, you know, the social distancing and the, the, the rules that are in place where we need to make sure we stay at home. I reckon that performance would have warranted that as well because these players think that they can get away with dragging our club's name through the mud and making an embarrassment of the club just because there's no fans in the stadium, just because there's no one there to maybe give them a bit of stick and, you know, knock them up a level. They shouldn't need the fans to do that. Well, if you look back at um, some post-match interviews that Carlo done last season, I think it was very much, we as fans could read between the lines. He was just saying, look, I'm stuck with this till July and I'll make it better. Yesterday, his post-match reaction, he 
he attacked the spirits of some of those players. That's, that's the angriest I've seen him. So I think he's now noticing what we're saying now, the mentality and the spirits. For him to come up and, and question his own player's spirits, I've never seen him do that. And that's the angriest he's been. He said last week, didn't he? He said the next two games being Leicester and Newcastle will show him all about all about the squad and where we can finish. And I think those players have just shown him that we probably aren't good enough to, to really make a go what would have been a dream season for us. Because why not why not dream big? It's if anyone can do do a Leicester, it's this season. And I, I thought at the start of the season that the possibility was there. Up, up, up until a couple of weeks ago, I was I was thinking again if, if injuries happen to other you know, teams and we stay we, amongst maybe, it. Could we could we have a dream scenario? Hour, but I don't know about the league like but I don't know. Why, why, I don't. I'm not, I'm not coming on saying that we could have won the league. I'm just saying that we could have been in the conversation if our form kept up. And I think he's thinking that. I think he's looking at thinking. I'm a, I'm a brilliant coach, and I've got some brilliant players here. I just need to make it work up up until May. But I think the last two games have shown him, and he's he's come up last night and said again that we're now looking to to buy someone. He's been saying all month, we're not looking at it. Yesterday it changed. It's if we can do something, we will. So I, I can see us being busy on Monday. I can see us bringing one or two in. Yeah, of course, the deadline day is coming up very shortly, so we're going to have to move pretty fast if we are going to bring some players in. But it's, uh, I don't know what it, whether it's a case of bringing in personnel or I just think there's some players in there who are like poison, just people mm. who think that they can just turn up and mess around. I think he, I think he'll, he'll turn. I think he'll turn to as as we've seen players that he knows already, players he's worked with in the past. Um, I know Sammy Kadir has gone gone somewhere else today, so that's off gone the table. Gone to Hertha Berlin, yeah. Yeah, but I I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, players he's worked with in the past, even if they are a certain age that isn't really exciting for us. If you bring a thirty-one-year-old striker in or a thirty-two-year-old midfielder in for eighteen months, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go back to characters he knows and characters he can rely on. Yeah, people who. You know, will work hard and has a winning mm. mentality. I mean, I think that some of these players are absolutely wretched. The 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 mindsets of them. Gilfie Sigurdsson is an example of them. He's one of those players who drives off having the fans in the ground because he needs to kick up the backside. But I, I, I'm know, lost with him, honestly, James. I'm absolutely lost with him. He he, he just come me anymore. There was times that he did come me, but he, he, he scored a goal. I think this season he scored at Sheffield United and he, and he, he played very well at home to Arsenal where, where he was pressing and the, the fans were in. But to me, he, he is such a lost cause. He epitomises, and this might be harsh and this might get your channel some attacks, he epitomises everything that's wrong with the Everton, Everton team. And he has done for four or five years. To be, to be a £45 million record signing and to have four good months in four years it's nowhere near good enough for a team that haven't got a tenth of our history or our passion or our fan base. Never mind Everton Football Club. For me, the sooner we get him off the pitch because we're ha- having to rely on him. When Alan Odecore are injured or James Rodriguez are injured, he comes in because he's next down the line. We need to get so far away from having to rely on him quickly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that's the thing. If he comes off the bench, he's probably useful, but... <clears throat> You can't expect him to come in and from minute one and have that stomach for the fight because he doesn't have it. And he's... he runs into his men. He runs into men, so you, you can't pass it to him. I, I was watching yeah. him yesterday. Uh, he always I, does that. It's an absolute disgrace. I, I read a tweet during the game yesterday, and someone said he was doing it, and I had noticed this, so I made the point of actually watching him for five minutes during the game, and it was exactly what he was doing. And I was thinking, why don't you come short and get it? And James Rodriguez, in the end, had to keep coming. There was a part of the game where James Rodriguez was in our own half looking at how he could influence the game in a central position. You're thinking, you should have Gilby Sigurdsson behind you looking to get you 
in an advanced position to hurt Newcastle, but you're having to come back because the man you're he next to isn't bothered. doing it. Yeah, he can't be bothered. And you no, know, there's there's loads of players. I mean, Richarlison's had a poor season, but he was poor as well. Like, you know, throwing himself, and I know he does that sometimes, but it was in a <clears throat> he's just he's just sulking at the moment, and you know you yeah. need a bit more will to win. You need to basically force your way into form. I think, and I just don't know if he's doing that at the moment. No, I think the thing with Richarlison is he wants to play centrally. I think that's evident now. He's not happy on, on the left. He's not happy on the right. And this formation that we play it is seeing him more wired than and he has been. Duncan Ferguson put him in a two. Carlo Angelotti played last season, at the, at the end of last season, as a two. And, and he seemed very happy. We saw you know some, some good form from him. He doesn't seem happy to be playing out wired. He doesn't seem happy to be having to provide for Dominic Calvert-Lewin. There was a moment in the first half where, where he had a shot yesterday and Dominic Calvert-Lewin looked at him and said, I was in the six-yard box. He's naturally not looking to be a provider. I think he wants to be the man. And there's nothing wrong with that. He's the kind of player that you, you could play as a nine and get different things from him than you would from Calvert-Lewin. But I think he his mentality has really affected his performances. He wants to be the man scoring the goals. And because he's not, he can't seem to get over that. And he's struggling. Yeah, I think... He needs to, you know, that's not a good thing to be, though. I don't know he is a really hard worker, but he needs to put the team first. We need I think there's times that he, that he does. I mean, if you look back, um, he's, he's always in our half fighting for us. You look back at the um, the Thiago red card in the derby, that came from him defending Everton Football Club in our half and fighting and tackling. Oh, he's he's good at that, but... I think he's got to be. He's got to have his name on 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 the scoreboard every week, and if he yeah. if he doesn't, it it affects him. Yeah, I just think there's times where you know he could get into the opposition box, and then if there's another option, he'll go for the shot because he's desperate yeah, he to score. Yeah, going back to the um, the first game back in June, amazing sad derby where he. He should have already squared it to a Wobi, but he had he had a shot, didn't he? Allison went, went we, we would have won that game if he'd have squared it to a Wobi. That's always been there with Richarlison. But the thing is, he's always got his one in two or his one in three, or he scores a brace every month. He's he's not doing that now, and we're we're seeing the negatives of that. And I was saying before the start of the show, moving on to Leeds, I might surprise you at at names I would I would not play on Wednesday. I would not play one of Richarlison or Dominic Carver Lewin on Wednesday. I would drop one of them. Yeah. I mean it's one of them. Things have to be done differently because we can't accept another one of those performances. Yeah, I mean, if you want to play Richarlison as a, as a number nine on Wednesday, I, I'd be all for that and give giving Dominic a little a little breather. Dominic's not in good form himself. Um, he's struggling from not getting a service. I, I think Richarlison, you play Richarlison as a number nine, he'll create his own goals. Whereas Dominic Calvert-Lewin relies on others to score, to score his goals. If Dominic Calvert-Lewin hasn't got Rodriguez or Dina, I don't go into the game thinking he's going to score. But Charleston may give you something different. If you put one of those centrally, and if you put a Wobi and Hammers Rodriguez either sides of them, that would suit me on Wednesday. Um, I'm not saying it's long-term. I'm, I'm saying it's, it's maybe a game-to-game scenario where you look at changing things and adapting, but... I don't think the pairing of Calvert-Lewin centrally and Richarlison wide of him is really working at the moment. No, no. It's interesting, though, because it was working earlier in the season. Oh. I think a lot of that was was going back to my point where Richarlison wasn't really in a drought. Um, I, I think he was he was playing really well and it was always on his mind that he, he was going to get that goal. He was going to get that goal. I think he scored a couple of... Was it Fleetwood we played earlier or, or Salford? I think he scored a couple in the cup and, and that kept him... T- 
taken over. So, but yeah. to go, he's only scored one in about eight or nine now, hasn't he? And that is weighing on his mind. You either have to now play him centrally and get him a goal, or you need to leave him out. Yeah, it's a shame, but I think there's a lot more to it than you know. You've got those kind of issues. But there's, a, there's much more deep-rooted issues, I think, and that's the mental side of the game. It's the lack of leadership, and it's the mm. it 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 is. It's the acceptance of mediocrity and I know there's been a lot of clamour hasn't there in the recent weeks of that we haven't been taken seriously enough where our performances have warranted it but this is why we're not taken seriously is because of performances like this when we have a chance to move into fourth position look at the media yesterday they, they, they weren't surprised by that if that was um if that was Chelsea, if that was Tottenham, if that was Liverpool or United or City, the media would have been surprised and it would have been a big deal that Newcastle went there and won 2-0. The media weren't surprised. And you're right in what you're saying. A number of Evertonians have been saying that the media aren't taking it seriously. But you can see why, because they're, they're expecting Everton to do this. Yeah, well, the thing is, I understand if, if this was all like over a month ago, I'd have been more up in arms. But we've had the West Ham game where we've done the yeah. very same. Now we've done this, which is far worse, if you'd ask me. Mm. You know, you could argue that we were unlucky to lose the West Ham game. There's nothing unlucky about that. That wasn't just a disgraceful performance. It's massive. Wednesday becomes massive, doesn't it? Because if you don't get a positive result on Wednesday, it then becomes more of an issue. We're sort of reacting a day later, and we're emotional, and we're upset, and we've got every right to be. I think some Evertonians at the minute are more level-headed than probably me or you. They're looking at the bigger picture. I'm unfortunately not one of those people. I wear my emotions for a couple of days, but oh, Wednesday, Wednesday for me, do. Wednesday for me is is huge. We've got to bounce back we didn't beat Leicester on Wednesday and if we'd have won yesterday that would have looked a really good point it it now looks like God could we have should we have held on is that now is that now a bad point so we've got to go to Leeds on Wednesday I I think he's going to make a number of changes on Wednesday I can I can see the the flat back four coming back in um and I I can see centrally midfielders changing and I, I honestly think he, he may, like I said, he drop one of the strikers and just put maybe Hammers Rodriguez just more centrally off one of them and try and get Luca D more up and down the left. Yeah, I mean we need to do something differently because that was just a farce. But anyway, we'll look we'll look into that in the next gate in the next section. Anyway, we're gonna be doing a preview for the Leeds game. Welcome to the match preview segment for Leeds United versus Everton Premier League. Coming off the back of a bad result against Newcastle, I'm joined by Ian Mills from the Across the Park podcast. We're going to try and see how we can do things differently after the farce that was Saturday. So, Ian, getting straight into it, Leeds game, how, how do we avoid another debacle? We have to change system. We have to change personnel. And we have to be more aggressive. Um, three things that maybe two out of three are pretty easy to do. Um, the latter, I'm not too sure yeah, that Everton attitude. can go into a game. Yeah, can go into a game and, and outfight um, Leeds United on Wednesday. I think for me, 
Um, probably not everyone's cup of tea. I think Tom Davis has to, has to come in. Um, you have to g Tom Davis up on on Tuesday Tuesday evening, Wednesday morning. You have to fill him with confidence and tell me he's the man who's going to win the ball back on Wednesday night. He's the one who's going to keep Everton ticking. Um, and it's a very short term solution, but he has to play for me on Wednesday because Leeds showing a goodness already this season that their midfield three are all all about working hard for each other. And I don't think you can put Gilfie Sigurdsson or Andre Gomez in, in that situation. Like I said they, on, your, on your previous show, they played the game with each other all year, which is called try and do worse than me and I'll get dropped next week and you'll come back in and I'll try and do worse than you because those two midfielders need so much time on the ball that Leeds will not allow them to have. We have to have Hamas Rodriguez more advanced up the pitch and that for me means Luca Dean probably plays... As a, as a left wing back, similar to how we played against Wolves, and you bring Ben Godfrey and you bring Mason Holgate back in, two players who won't turn down a fight. Yeah, we need we need really brave players to come in, and some mm. some of those cowards who played in the Newcastle game need to be bombed out. You know, we got Sigurdsson, Gomez. I put James Coleman in that group as well. I think he plays like a coward these days. He needs to stay away from the team. I think obviously Richarlison's not in the best vein of form, I know we discussed earlier about possibly switching him or Dominic Calvert-Lewin out and putting a more bona fide wide player in on the left. Um, would you see something like that coming in for the lineup as well? Yeah, um, I, I think Seamus Coleman. I mean, I've, I've been a Seamus Coleman fan for a number of years, but I just think that we get a bit more from Mason Holgate at the minute. Um, I think if Holgate comes in... Um, not only is he aggressive, but he's a talker on the pitch, and you can see that he's always arguing with the opposition, and he's not he's not going to back down from anybody. And I think that's that's what we need at, at the moment. Uh, Luca Dean <clears throat> to be more advanced, along with Hamas Rodriguez to be given just more, more freedom to be more up the pitch and, and hurt leads because, like I said to you previously, James, there was times against Newcastle where Hamas Rodriguez was standing in our half with the ball, looking at what was in front of him. That's not where you need Hamas Rodriguez. You need Hamas Rodriguez in a position where he's close to the opposition's goal. He's close to their defenders. He's going to make things happen. We've seen James this season that that he, he is really good with the long balls and he can switch play. But I, I, I like him more when he's more advanced up the pitch and there's mass panic when he gets the ball and runs our players. You can see the opposition having panic attacks. Like, how do we deal with this player? If we get in more advanced, we have Luca Dean and we have one. Of Dominic Calvert-Lewin over Charleston, I wouldn't play both. I, I don't think that that partnership is is really working at the moment. It may be that it works again in the future. I really hope it does because we've seen the benefits of when it does work. I just think at the moment we need to be finding solutions to put points on points on the table because, like I said, James, this is the first time in a season that where teams are starting to pull away. We've always had the benefits of losing a game and saying, "Oh, we're only two points off." Well, now we're seven points off. Now we're eight points off. So, so we need to find short-term solutions to put points on the board. It certainly is. I'm, I was saying after the, the Newcastle game that I fear another bottom half finish if we don't get our act together because, you know, the, the, the league's so congested in terms of, like, this sort of position we're in now from 7th to, like, 12th. We could have another bad finish again if we don't work hard enough to make sure that we don't. You know, oh, we're you know still in... That, that would kill me. That would absolutely kill me. It'd kill me, but it's it's a possibility because... Some of these players haven't got the stomach to fight. They basically every game that comes along right now is a question mark, and it's how much do you want to play in Europe next season? And a lot of these players say, "No, I don't want to play in Europe next season. I want to finish in the bottom half." 
I want to finish in mid-table and I want to just sit here and pick up my paycheck and be happy that I'm playing in the Premier League. Yeah, and, and that's why I've said Tom Davis because Tom Davis, for, and I hate saying this about any anyone who's, who's came through the youth academy, but for his lack of ability on the ball, I, I think he cares. I, I've yeah, never seen Tom. I've, I've never seen Tom Davis walk off a pitch and be smiling when we've lost. He always seems to be hurt, and I think we need a little bit of that. I, I don't. I don't want to see Gilfie Sigurdsson anywhere near the team. I don't want to see Andre Gomez near the team on Wednesday night. I want to see someone who will at least come off with the shirt stuck to them and say, Do "You know what? I couldn't have give any more. If it wasn't good enough, fine, but I couldn't have give any more." Yeah, I think there's some players who just aren't interested. And I think for me, it's it is every game is that question mark for me now. Is how much do you want to finish in the top six or? And you get an answer from every performance that you get from every player. And some of these players want mediocrity. Mm. And they're happy with that. And we can't have those kind of poisonous players in the club. Oh. On the flip side, there's been positive comments from from a number of players, mainly the new ones. And I know Alan said when he when he came to Everton that he he wants to play in the Champions League. James Rodriguez has said he wants to play in the Champions League. The manager has said last week that he's missing the Champions League. Yerry Mina has said it. Luca Dina said it. But all those players they are relatively new to Everton Football Club. They're not some. They're not, you know you look at players who've been there for a long time. They're not saying that, and that's a worry for me. That that. And maybe it's a positive thing in a way that Carlo's identifying that the mentality isn't there and he's bringing these characters in who will, in turn, when he builds his own team and he doesn't have to rely on, you know, the, the Cummins and the Silvers leftovers and even some some Martiners leftovers that he had to rely on last year. Once he once he moves all them out and he, and he has his own team, I can certainly see it's going to be a number of players who want to play in the Champions League, not just three or four. Yes, yeah, I think the big difference is having Ancelotti. I think if we need to make sure Ancelotti is still here. And that's like, I think that's the one thing everyone's like, terrified about is like, if he's not there, because mm. he's the big game changer here. Yeah. He, he, he won't have had the Newcastle performance. He, he's not going to have that. Um, I, I, I think, like I've, like I've seen previously, when we've had bad performances, we've tend to have bounced back. And I think that's probably down to him. Um, his leadership and then his, his tactical now is to get things right and change things. He's done it a number of times this season already. There was times last season he was doing it. I remember Leicester at home um, when he was counter-substituting counter everything Rodgers did. He was ma- making the, the game slower. And some of the games that Everton play, I, th- I think a neutral wouldn't watch them because they're very much the Italian job. Um, they, we go for 1-0 sometimes. yeah, And that's, that's great for me as an Evertonian. I, I, I don't care what others think, but I think you're right in what you're saying. Having oh, him it, there is is the big difference. And that's why the... I'm not. God, I'm just gonna say that's why I'm not really overly overly worried by the whole thing. Yes, it's really disappointing where we are after the Newcastle game, but we've we've got Carl, we've got Carlo Angelotti. We're not looking at you know Ronald Koeman or Marco Silva or you know anyone anyone pre- previous to that. We're, we're looking at a Carlo Angelotti, and I think going into the game Wednesday. I'll be excited to come Wednesday to, to watch it. I'll be, you know, hoping for Spirit of the Blues to be all over the Instagrams at 10 o'clock. I, I, I'll i be back. My, my feeling is that we'll go to Leeds on Wednesday and with him in charge, I think he'll he'll change things and I think three points. Fingers crossed there. Yeah, I think what you've got to remember is we're still a severely limited team that he's getting a lot out of. I mean, he's brought in some of his own players and it's improved us a lot. One of those who's crucial has been missing for a month, well, two months. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's a, a, 
we're still a very limited team in terms of what we offer. And, you know, I think it'll take a bit more time. And I think it's interesting that this has come, obviously this game is coming up in midweek. Obviously before that, we've got Monday and the transfer deadline. Can you see us doing any business? Could we see any like potential like new faces in there? That's a, Maybe just make sure that Sigurdsson's not in the team. And... <laughs> uh, do you know what, James? If you'd have asked me this last week, I'd have said no, um, simply because the manager was saying no. Um, the manager came out after the Newcastle game and said that we're going to look if we can do something. He confirmed that Bernard and Tosin were talking to other clubs. I think it's confirmed now Tosin's gone back to Besiktas on loan. Yeah. Um, Bernard's talking to a team in Dubai, I believe. So if... We go into the second half of the season and out on loan are Theo Walcott, Moise Keane, St. Tosin and Bernard, and there's no replacements. Um, I don't think the manager would put us in that situation. Um, but then can we get things over the line? It's, it's going to be a big day. And we've seen windows where we've tried to sign players and, and not got them in in time. So I'm just hoping that if we do go for someone tomorrow, there's no problems with it because... We do look short. There, was, there wasn't even a full bench yesterday and that had two goalkeepers on it. Um, so... I think the manager's looking at it, not only from depth point of view, but I think a quality point of view. If we could to put, you know, if we could to put Callum Wilson on yesterday for the last twenty minutes, a, a Callum Wilson would have made a difference. So I don't see us maybe going to sign a, a 60, 70 million pound striker, but I can certainly see us see us having to go and get a couple of attacking options on Monday. Certainly, and even if it's on loan, we just need to get yeah. something something yeah. different to what we've got because. You know, the Newcastle game was evident that it was evident that it's just not good enough what we've got in reserve at the moment. Oh, I agree. And then you look at even Anthony Gordon. Um, he's not being trusted to, to come on to change the game. Um, I, I think I don't think he had the best game at Sheffield United on Boxing Day, did he? And that, that may be hindering, you know, putting him on. And there's rumours today online again that Everton aren't opposed to loaning him out to the Bundesliga or, or a championship club. So you, you may see someone like Anthony Gordon go. And again, if you're not replacing these players, we don't want to be in a situation where come April or May, if we are there or thereabouts, and we lose two of our players for, for three or four games, it would absolutely kill us. Yeah, we need some cover. And I do, I, I do think like that we'll see at least one come in before the deadline, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, about the Leeds game, though, it's going to be a really difficult game because you know we showed against Newcastle that would an absolutely gutless shower of shite. Let's be honest, and um, these are a team of real fighters. These are like notorious for throwing the weight around and getting above the pitch. How do we combat it? You mentioned maybe even Tom Davis. Um, I think you have to get you have to get our creative players away from their midfield three. Because um, at Goodison, I think we tried to play Hammers Rodriguez centrally against Leeds at Goodison, if I remember rightly, and it just it just didn't didn't work. They hustled and bustled them. I think you need to put three midfielders in there who can just nullify the threat of their midfielders going near Lucas Dean or Hammers Rodriguez. Keep keep Hammers Rodriguez and Lucas Dean as far up the pitch as you possibly can with a striker. I think a flat midfield three has has to be. The job on Wednesday night. I think Tom Davis has to come in. You have to give him a role. You have to say, this is your role for tonight. Don't do anything other than this. Abdullah Decore is probably the first name on, on the team sheet at the minute, simply because the, the energy that he brings, I don't think he backs down from a fight. It then leaves another another gap, and that's what I'm saying before. We need to get away from having to rely on, on some of these players. Seriously, I think, I think, he, I think yeah, I think it's going to be have to be one of them. 
Um, I don't think Fabian Delph would come back in. I don't even think he'd be fit enough to come back in. Um, so I think you'd probably have to then look at Andre Gomez, unless maybe he's bringing something like a Ben Godfrey or a Mason Holgate in midfield. I don't know. Maybe he puts Holgate in there and puts Seamus Coleman as a right-back. I don't know. But I, I think, for me, we actually need three people in the middle of the park on, on Wednesday to fight and to battle and keep their midfielders away from attacking Luca Dean and Hamas Rodriguez. Something which didn't happen on, on Saturday against Newcastle. We allowed their midfielders to be all over. Hamas Rodriguez, we, we can't allow that again on Wednesday. Yeah. There's got to be a massive tactical shuffle. So, you know, how do we nullify the Leeds threat? Because obviously they do have some decent players going forward. They showed <clears> that in the uh, return fixture of Goodison in November. How do we nullify that? It goes back to what I've just said. I think we, we have to we have to fight. If, if we allow them to get on top, then that that's where leads are best because if, if they start winning one on ones, they start winning duels, they grow into the game, and, and that's what leads have done to be able to say. They're not the most attractive team. I think in the championship they were one of the most attractive teams. They haven't really brought that to the Premiership. I, I know they're probably both teams to score. Bet is on leads most weeks, but they're not really attractive free flowing. They love a fight, they love a battle, and they'll try and hit you with that. They'll try and press you and press you and press you. We've got to be ready for that. I, I expect that we'd probably concede a goal on Wednesday night. We've we've just got to concentrate on hurting them. They're not brilliant at the back. They haven't got a very good goalkeeper. I think if you can have a, 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 a like I keep saying, Hammers Rodriguez as close to them as possible and running at those championship defenders, which which you should do. If you have Dominic Calvert-Lewin or Richarlison on the end of Lucas Dean's set pieces and Lucas Dean's dead balls, I think that's the way to go. I just think the big thing, James, and you keep saying it, and I agree, is the fight. We've got to go into Wednesday and win win the fight. If we if we win the fight, we win the game. I'm just so lacking in confidence in these players to put a fight up after that game. Though I think that's just the real, the real like what's making me edified about this game is just the idea of these players turning up. I'm thinking that's all they have to do because that seems to be the mindset that they take on at the moment. Yeah, I think the manager will see that. The manager will bring in. I think Ben Godfrey is, is, is has to start on, on Wednesday. He's the one player who, who will have a fight all night for you. I think he'll play. I think the manager's probably seen what you've seen, James, and he's going to address it because, yeah, you're right, there's a number of players there who aren't up for the fight. If Gilfie Ziggert's not Andre, Andre Gomez got a kick early doors on Wednesday, we, we wouldn't see them for the rest of the game. You need someone to get a kick and kick them back. I think Ben Godfrey's got that. I think Mason Holgate's got that. And that's why I say it, it might be it might not be too shocked to see one of those two possibly in the midfield. Certainly, uh, I'd like to personally see, even if it's on the start and eleven, a new face on the bench from the transfer window because yeah, it needs to be something different injected into this team. Mm. You were you were looking at the game on Saturday and looking at the bench and thinking who can really come on here. When we went one 0 down, I was looking going, can we really bring anyone on? I know Andre Gomez came on, but. That's that's not good enough. You, you need someone who who you can rely on to turn to turn a game. We we've always had that until recently. We've always had until the past three or four years someone who can come on. Even the likes of you know Stephen Naismith, he wasn't the most brilliant player, but you throw him on for the last fifteen minutes and the crowd will go right. You, you, we now know someone is going to run at these players, going to fight for every ball, and might be on the end of something. We don't really have that on the bench, so I agree with you to have someone on the bench on Wednesday, who would have to be a new signing because we haven't got it otherwise, who can come on and influence a game. They don't have to be the world's best player. They just have to be able to come on and influence a game. We haven't got that. So Basically, yeah. you need to come on and not hide behind the opposition midfielders and actually want the ball. Yeah, just just, just be aggressive. Re- Realise that the club you're playing for, be proud of the club you're playing for, 
be willing to go and fight, be willing to not, you know, hide behind others. And, you know, we've we've lost a lot of that in, in recent years. And you can see the manager trying to address, trying to address it. Alan, Takore and Hamas Rodriguez are not small personalities. Even Hamas Rodriguez, when he's down being kicked, he's looking up and he's swearing at them. He's, he's shouting back and he's up for the, he's up for the verbal fight with them. You know, he, I think he got someone sent off. Was it was it Brighton this year? Very cleverly, or oh, West Brom. Was yeah, West Brom. Someone like poked him in the eye or something. I don't know. And he went, and he went down. And I love, love, it. absolutely love it. I'd, I'd hate it if it was against Everton, but when it's for us, I love it. So I think these big characters are slowly coming against the club. They are being addressed. Yeah, we've got to hope that. I think one or two maybe come in in the next couple of days before the window yeah. shuts as well. So we'll definitely keep an eye on that. But with that in mind, prediction. Not looking forward to this personally, but what would you go with? Do you know what? I'm I'm, I'm confident. Um, I'm, I'm devastated after Saturday, but like I keep saying to you, we've seen Carlo Ancelotti do this before. I think we'll bounce back. I don't think we're good enough to keep a clean sheet in any game, never mind this run of form. I'm going to go 3-1 to Everton. 3-1, wow. Uh, I'm going to say 2-all. You've, you've, you've been here, James, haven't you? You've been really here by Saturday, haven't you, mate? <laughs> I've been really hurt. I mean, I'm not going to lie, that really hurts me, Bruce. It, it's deflated me a lot, to be honest, and I've lost hope for the team, and I'm just, I'm just praying that I'm proved wrong, but sadly I've been proved right for decades, so... Like I'm, I'm 25. Yeah, like, yeah, like, like I keep saying, look, it, it's it's a little bit, I think it's a little bit different. I, I think the fact that we've got Carlo and Zalotti in there and we've got, a, we've got a number of players on the pitch who can who can change a game. I think I've, I've felt low at times. I've felt low under the Koeman, the Allardyce and, and the Marco Silva eras. But all those times I've, I've always looked at the pitch and thought, we haven't really got a really good team anyway. Um, and then I've looked at the, at the, the manager and thought, you're not really a good manager. It's different now. I'm looking at a number of our players thinking that they would walk into other teams. I'm looking at the bench. I'm seeing Carlo, Angel- Carlo Angelotti leading them. I don't think the season's dead. I think this season there's, there's plenty to play for. I think my dream of of winning the league is is, is, is over. Um, I don't think your dream of qualifying for the Champions League is over. I think there's a lot of games still to play. And with Carlo Angelotti managing this football club, why not be positive? Good points, but. For now, I'm going to go for a draw in this game. I still think we're in a bit of a rut, you know, might take a bit of time to get back out of that. Hopefully, maybe turn it around in the cup next week. Get players a bit more time to get Alan yeah. back, maybe get some more players better in. I don't think we'll get the result we're hoping for on Wednesday, though. I think it'll be a two-all draw. Uh, I know that's not all well, anyone you guys tuning in want to hear, but that's just what I can see at this moment in time. I think it might just take a little bit longer for us to get out of this like bad spell. Like, like Ian and I have said, get a few more players and we might see a bit of a better team for the rest of the season then. Uh, and all I can say is thanks, Ian, for coming on and um, helping me get through this with minimal pessimism. Oh, no worries, mate. It's, it's a pleasure to be on an Everton podcast and not an Everton and Liverpool podcast for a change. So anytime, anytime you want to come on our podcast as well, Jay, give us a shout. Oh, that'd be excellent. Yeah, be an absolute pleasure, mate. Uh, great to have you on. And of course, for you guys tuning in, thanks for watching on the Toffee Blues, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>